Welcome back to another episode of Suiting Up Varsity, a podcast dedicated to the sound of the band, the smell of popcorn, the feel of an old letter jacket, the sight of teenagers hoisting trophies high above their heads, and most of all, to the grand history and fantastic stories of Nebraska prep sports. Join us as we look back in time at the great moments from a century plus of Nebraska high school athletics. This week, we time travel to the ultimate time of cool, the time of Millie Vanilli lip syncing, when people are wearing acid wash jeans, neon colors, and mullets, and Billy Ocean is telling young ladies to get out of his dreams and into his car. The late 1980s, May 18, 1988 to be exact. And we are visiting Omaha Bryan Stadium for the championship games of the first ever NSAA sponsored state soccer tournaments. We enter the stadium to see a crowd of about 1,700 watching Creighton Prep and Millard North play for the first official boys' state championship. The girls have just wrapped up their inaugural title game, with Millard North capturing the title when Paige Milroy scored twice in the final 11 minutes to defeat Omaha Westside 2-0. The boys' game is 0-0 in the opening minutes, when the Junior Jays line up three deep to take an indirect kick. Trickery ensues. Chris Engelbert approaches the ball first, but moves past it without touching it. As the Mustang defense reacts to that first movement, the second player in line, Pat Murray, initiates the play by nudging the ball, and the third player, Mike Fahey, steps up and buries the ball in the net for a 1-0 prep lead. It was all the Jays would need that night in 1988. Ten minutes later, Tom Spenceri added an insurance goal, and the Junior Jays would claim the first NSAA soccer title 2-0. It was the first official state soccer trophy for Creighton Prep, but not the first soccer state championship hardware. The all-boys school was ground zero for the birth of Prep soccer in the state and played a huge part in building the game in Nebraska. Their campus on 72nd Street is where the first movement to bring the game to the state's high schools began 20 years before that night in 1988. In those two decades, unofficial state titles were handed out by a group that was spearheaded by a few adults and many students who loved the game and dreamed of a day like we saw in 1988 when the game would be a sanctioned part of Nebraska high school sports. This episode is the story of four people whose dream came true in 1988. Four people who helped soccer go from an informal intramural scrimmage at one school to a sport now played each year by over 80 Cornhusker schools and nearly 4,400 students and is celebrated with a week-long state tournament at an amazing venue on the Creighton University campus each May. Those four people, the immigrant biology teacher, the charismatic player coach, the student public relations man, and the German anti-aircraft gunner combined to guide soccer through what I like to call the before times. Every prep soccer fan in Nebraska should know these four people. Today, we will tell their story. Let's start with that biology teacher. Paul Bangura came to Omaha and Creighton Prep High School from the West African country of Sierra Leone in 1966 to teach biology. Before he was done, he was acclaimed as the greatest soccer coach in Nebraska history and one of the winningest coaches in the nation, irregardless of sport. But most important to us today, he is also known as the father 
of Nebraska high school soccer. There had been seeds of soccer interest planted at Creighton Prep before Coach Bangura arrived. A sociology, economics, and French teacher named Myron Perquin was credited by the 1965 Junior J yearbook for introducing the sport to the school. And those seeds were planted on a campus that had room for soccer to grow. The school had moved from its confines on the hilltop Creighton University campus to the open spaces of 72nd Street in the fall of 1958. That meant when Paul Bengura arrived in the fall of 66, there were plenty of green fields available for the game he loved. By 1967, Coach Bengura had an intramural soccer pro- program thriving with nearly 200 prep students involved. When exactly that program expanded beyond the prep campus and became interscholastic is not crystal clear. A 1974 Omaha World Herald article says that prep started competing against Omaha Rummel, the all-boys school that would eventually add girls and become Omaha Roncalli, and Omaha Bishop Ryan, the co-ed private school on the south side of town, in 1968. A 1988 Lincoln Journal article quotes Bangura himself as saying that the Creighton Prep Soccer Club was organized in 68. But the Prep 1969 yearbook says an all-star team from the Jays Intramural League played the first interscholastic game that spring in 1969 against the Rummel Raiders. Regardless of the exact date and year, it is inarguable that Nebraska high school soccer started at Creighton Prep and that Coach Bangura was there making it happen. By 1970, the Nebraska Soccer Association had been formed under the leadership of Bangura and a few others, and league play under a few Omaha schools began. Rummel won the first title, finishing the season with a 2-0 win over second-place Omaha Westside. The Raiders were 4-1-1 one one that season. The league consisted of only club teams. They weren't officially recognized as varsity or lettering sports at the high schools, and the coaches weren't official coaches, according to the schools. But by 1971, the league consisted of Creighton Prep, Westside, Rummel, Omaha Burke, Millard High, and Brownell Talbot. Westside finished the state's first unbeaten season, going 5-0-1 to win the 71 title. In 1972, Prep and Coach Bangura won their first title. There will be many more. But it is in 1972 that we want to introduce the next character in our drama, a long-haired, high-scoring, charismatic soccer pioneer who helped establish the Omaha Public Schools' role in this football story that is often driven by private and suburban schools. His name is Stephen Zellers. Zellers was the player and coach for Omaha Benson's first soccer club in 1972. As a junior that year, he led the citywide association in scoring. In my favorite newspaper picture of Zellers, he sports a wide lapeled tuxedo with a large velvet bow tie and hair down to his shoulders. His counterculture look was new to Nebraska, but not totally unique that year. Bob Martin of David City would win Prep Athlete of the Year honors in May, sporting long locks and mutton-chop sideburns. 72 seems to me to be a line of hairstyle demarcation in the Cornhusker State prep circles, as evidenced by the transition in Prep Athletes of the Year from the clean marine quaffs of Lincoln Northeast Maurice Damgro Kroger in 1970 and Aurora's Tom Crop in 1971 
to Bob Martin's Chris Christopherson look of 1972. Zellers was right there with Martin. Zellers was a peer of Martin's in another significant way. He was also an excellent athlete. The modern prep sports fan is nonplussed by this statement because excellent athletes abound on the soccer pitches of today. In its early days on the Nebraska prep scene, though, this club activity often marketed itself as a place for the less athletic. A couple years after Zeller, the association had changed its name to the Metropolitan High School Soccer Association and had 10 member schools. Coaches from the 10 schools were uh, then involved in the association actually promoted their sport in a World Herald column by Jerry Fricke by mentioning the low startup costs and by pointing out, and this is a direct quotation from the column, the sport will appeal to boys who enjoy vigorous outdoor activity, but who aren't big enough for football, tall enough for basketball, fast enough for track, or able to hit or catch a baseball. As strange as that sounds today, I can tell you that that was a line offered by soccer proponents well into the 1980s. Soccer was a place for less talented athletes to get into the game. Zellers was, in a way, the exception that proved the rule. He was a three-year varsity letterman at tennis at Benson, but in retrospect, he seems the kind of athlete that would have found success on many athletic fields, the type of athlete Nebraska soccer often draws today. In 1972, and his senior year of 73, though, Zeller's athleticism made him a cut above his soccer contemporaries. He led the association in scoring in 72 and drove his upstart bunny team to the top half of the league in their very first year of existence as a club. Then, in 1973, he took it higher. Zeller's averaged over two goals a game, leading the league in scoring a second time, and his bunnies dominated in claiming the state title with an 11-0-1 record. When they punctuated the season and claimed the crown with a 10-0 destruction of Omaha Ryan High, it would mark the last Omaha public school title until Burke would claim the NSAA championship trophy 21 years later in 1994, and the only old-school OPS title until Omaha South's great undefeated crew in 2013. Zeller's star power even led to the playing of the one of the first night games in Nebraska soccer history when the Bunnies beat Westside under the lights of the Warriors Stadium. Zellers was a soccer pioneer in Nebraska by proving that a great athlete could transform the game, just as has always been true on the football fields and basketball courts. Zellers is also a great symbol of the level of student involvement in promoting soccer in its early days. Remember, he was not just the star player. He was the player coach. He organized the team, led the practices, and often did promotion. I'd be shocked if he wasn't the one who designed their green Benson soccer t-shirts. He was the one being quoted in the Benson Times school paper, pushing for soccer to be elevated from club to varsity status. Prep and Rummel had made that step, but they were the only ones in 1973. Zellers wasn't alone in that regard. Players taking on roles was a feature of the early days of Nebraska prep soccer. And that brings us to our third character, who drove the development of Nebraska high school soccer, the public relations man. Or, maybe I should say, public relations teen. In 1974, Creighton Prep Jr. Dave Cunningham took the job of league publicist. Almost immediately, the association's media footprint grew. 
The World Herald was reporting more scores. Game stories in the paper had more context. Was this an upset? How did it affect the league standings? Who plays in next week's games? What was the attendance? There were even standings and schedules, including locations and game times, that mimicked the newspaper's normal football coverage in the fall. All this appeared once Cunningham took on the PR role for the association. His fingerprints were all over it. The newspaper even ran a long season preview article that quoted Cunningham as he taught the readers how the league's new division format would work, the difference between varsity and club teams, and even some history of the league. In late April, the Westside prep match even received a byline story and a picture, a big, big upgrade for the young sport. The league was evolving quickly under its student leadership, which included Cunningham and President Terry Fork of Omaha Burke, Vice President Bob Routh, and Secretary-Treasurer John Rocaforte, both from PrEP. Besides the new East-West Division format, Northwest High, Bryan, and Ralston had joined the group. The biggest news of all was the creation of a year-end tournament to follow the regular season, with the final to be played on the artificial turf of Nebraska-Omaha's Coniglia Stadium. Westside swept both the season and tournament crowns in 74, beating Omaha Burke 1-0 on Roger Morrison's second-half goal. Coverage for high school soccer peaked when the semifinal results appeared on the World Herald's front sports page. Unheard of in the 1970s. Cunningham probably regretted the scheduling of the final on the Saturday of state track as that caused its result to get buried a little bit. The next year, 1975, Cunningham moved up to the presidency, but his work on promoting the league as a junior was his lasting legacy. Newspaper coverage of soccer continued to grow, helping to grow the sport itself. In 1975, the new season-ending tournament got a new name and a new identity, thanks to our fourth character in the story of high school soccer's early days, the German anti-aircraft gunner. Okay, so how does this end up being our fourth player in the story? Well, that takes a little telling. Roman Selowitz wasn't a German. He may have been a Polish national. Maybe he was Ukrainian as Omaha papers often believed because of his involvement in the local Ukrainian community. Or maybe he was born in Czechoslovakia. It was there, in Prague, that he was drafted into the German war effort in 1943 as the tide was turning and Nazi manpower shortages were starting. He was only 15 years old, but he was assigned to an anti-aircraft gun to try and give cover to the Luftwaffe. Selowitz served there until the war's end. Post-war, he found work as an interpreter for the police in Austria, but more importantly to our story, he played soccer. He was an all-star for a team in Villach and quickly rose in the professional ranks. Soon, Selowitz was playing professionally in Ukraine and traveling all around Europe, playing in front of crowds that often numbered in the tens of thousands. In 1950, he set his professional soccer career aside, though, and he immigrated to America landing in Omaha. Though his professional career was over, he brought his love for soccer with him and was soon playing with a group of Lithuanian expatriates. They played in Omaha and throughout the Midwest. For most of the 1950s, Selowitz worked at Omaha Central High School as a custodian, where in 1959 the school newspaper did a story on his colorful past. Later, he left Central to go to work as a painting contractor. 
but he never stopped loving soccer and hoping to promote it in Omaha. One imagined he was heartened in the late 60s when high school soccer started to grow in his adopted hometown, and further, that he may have played a role in teaching some young people the game. We don't know that for sure, though, but we do know one thing for sure. It was through a family tragedy that his role in the development of the game of soccer in Nebraska becomes a verifiable part of our story. In January of 1974, he and his wife Regina's son, Zenon, died at the age of three. Roman wanted to honor the memory of his son, and to do so he turned to his love of soccer. He donated a trophy, a cup, to be presented to the winning team of the Soccer Association's annual playoff. He called it the Xenon Cup. That name became synonymous with high school soccer in Nebraska as the sport's highest prize. In 1975, Creighton Prep beat Omaha Burke 2-1 in front of over a 1,000 fans and carried the Xenon Cup off the field in triumph. Prep would win the Cup six more times in the next 12 years as the game continued to grow. It was still 13 years until the NSAA would take over soccer. But the die was cast. Events had been set in motion by our four heroes of prep soccer. The seeds Paul Bengura, the father of Nebraska soccer, planted in the late 60s are growing and multiplying. The excitement and athleticism brought by Stephen Zellers continued to spread as better and better athletes chose the soccer pitch. The awareness of the sport throughout the state, nurtured by people like Dave Cunningham, the PR man, kept it growing. And the championship, though not NSAA sanctioned, had more gravitas thanks to Roman Selowitz and his tribute to his son, the Xenon Cup. Moved by the momentum provided by Bangura, Zellers, Cunningham, and Selowitz continued to roll and build as step-by-step soccer worked toward being a full-fledged varsity sport in the state. In 1976, Prep beat Bellevue to keep the Xenon Cup. That year was the first time all teams in the association had faculty coaches. The day of player coaches was over, but that was a step that needed to be taken to help legitimize the sport in the eyes of athletic directors and principals. In 1977, Bellevue, with several players from military families who had learned the sport overseas, took home the Xenon Cup. Nebraska soccer was always looking for ways to improve its skills, and a lot of times in the early days, that was people from the outside coming in. In 1978, Westside had joined Prep and Roncalli as official varsity teams, and the league had 14 boys teams and 8 girls teams. The Warriors beat Prep for the Xenon, and Omaha Marion won the first ever girls soccer playoff. 1979 was a big year in Omaha soccer, not just in the prep scene, but all around. The community hosted the national finals of the McGuire Cup, an amateur national tournament. Local league champions had participated in the McGuire Cup regionals through the years, but never advanced far. Zellers, who continued his soccer career at UNO uh, on the club team there, which he helped organize, told the World Herald, that soccer was improving in Nebraska, but that other areas of the country had a big head start. The McGuire Cup coming to Omaha allowed people to see that. One Omahan, a Bellevue alum, Darren Rivas, did make the 79 McGuire Final Four. He was in college at Mesa in San Diego and was playing for a Southern California club team. 
In the prep scene, Papillion won the association's regular season title that year, clinching with a 2-1 win over Westside in front of 2,000 fans at Monarch Stadium. The Warriors of Westside, though, won the Xenon Cup again, beating prep. Papillion was the girls' champion, besting Marion 2-1. In 1980, the World Herald reported that over 11,000 kids were playing soccer in Omaha Youth Leagues. Prep returned to the top of the association, winning the regular season and reversing that 79 Xenon result by beating Westside 2-1. Papillion repeated as girls' champion, also called the Xenon Cup by the newspaper that year as the girls were looking for that same naming gravitas for their uh, championship. And sh- uh, Papillion had shut out Omaha Holy Name 1-0. to It will be the only year that Omaha Marion fails to make the girls' final in the pre-NSAA era. One, we saw the first signs of life for high school soccer outside of the Omaha area. A petition with over 400 names is presented to the Lincoln Public Schools asking for club teams at the four LPS high schools. Marion returns to the top of the girls' league as the Crusaders defeat Holy Name 2-1. This time, the girls' trophy is called the Varsity Cup. On the boys' side, it is a familiar story, Prep versus Westside. This time, it is the Warriors carrying home the Xenon Cup. In 1982, the Lincoln School Board approves club, so- club soccer at the LPS high schools, but the start is slow. There's not much mention of games in either the newspapers or the school's yearbooks. In Omaha, the weather caused several tournament delays before Marion beat Omaha Duchesne 2-1 for the girls' championship, renamed again, this time to Stick, the Hoover Cup, and Creighton Prep won the regular season and tournament titles, besting Westside for the Xenon Cup. In 1983, UNO got involved in the association, partially sponsoring the league and returning the title games to Coniglia Stadium for the first time in several years. Marion, again, was the Hoover Cup champ, beating Westside 4-1, and Prep repeated in the Xenon Cup game, also over Westside. Before, the Lincoln Journal covered Lincoln High's 6-3 win over Lincoln East. Don Tran had four goals for the Lynx in what may have been the first Lincoln soccer game covered in the newspaper. Pius and Southeast also have club teams, but Northeast doesn't yet. Lincoln High is the city boys' champ, but the Lincoln teams are still not playing any of the more developed Omaha teams. In Omaha, Jim Smith scores the winning goal as Creighton Prep wins its third straight Xenon Cup, this time over Omaha Burke at the Papillion Stadium. Sophomore Jenny Matt scored both goals as Marion claimed the Hoover Cup again with a 2-0 win over Westside. Bellevue East Athletic Director Jerry Cronk predicted in the paper that week that the Metro Conference would soon recognize soccer as a varsity sport across the board. By 1985, the State Soccer Association said there, says there are 20 boys teams and 16 girls teams in the state and 28 teams playing at the junior varsity level. Stories about possible NSAA adoption to the sport start to show up in the papers. James Riley of the NSAA says growth outside of Omaha and Lincoln is the key to NSAA certification. In the Fremont Tribune, Tiger Athletic Director Al Baugh says he doubts soccer ever comes to Fremont. The Soccer Association says it will and predicts NSAA soccer before 1990. Spoiler, they are right. Baugh is wrong. 
Westside recaptures the Xenon Cup, beating Prep 2-0 and ending the Junior Jays' 37-game winning streak. Marion again takes home the Hoover Cup, beating Westside 4-1. 1986, all of the Lincoln schools are playing soccer, but they are still, still club teams, not varsity level. Hastings and North Platte begin club teams as the sport spreads west. Lincoln Southeast is the boys' champion Lincoln. Marion continues its Hoover, Hoover Cup dominance, crushing Westside 5-1. And the Westside boys won the Xenon Cup match, topping Papillion 3-1. Finally, in 1987, the last year of pre-NSAA soccer, LPS moves all its teams to varsity status, and they compete in the Xenon Cup tournament with the Omaha schools, though they're placed in a new Class B bracket. They're still not quite ready to compete. Prep wins the final Xenon Cup. I assume the Cup today is still at Creighton Prep? With a 2-1 win over soccer newcomer Miller North, Marion made it a clean sweep of Hoover Cups by beating Westside, they won it every single year it was called the Hoover Cup. Omaha Gross won the boys' B bracket over Lincoln East. Those two teams would meet again in 1988 in the official NSAA state tournament as the state association took over the sport. And soccer continued to grow. More and more teams outside of Lincoln and Omaha started teams. Class B began in 1997. In May of 2004, the tournament moved to the beautiful venue at Creighton University Morrison Stadium, all thanks to the efforts of many early proponents of the sport, including the four characters we met today. Until next time, when we bring you another episode of Suiting Up Varsity. Until then, follow us on Twitter where our handle is at SuitUpVarsity. Check out our website at SuitingUpVarsity.org. When you get there, you can ask questions about Nebraska high school sports history, leave suggestions for future episodes, tell us if you know where the Xenon Cup is or who the Hoover Cup was named after, or you can just tell us how cool you were dressed in 1988. We hope to hear from you soon. Also, if you like this podcast, please take time to rate us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or wherever else you find your podcasts. It helps others to find our show. This has been Suiting Up Varsity, Episode 30. Written and produced by me, Greg Mays. Technical and research assistance by my brothers, Tate Mays and Trent Mays. Helpful audio advice and encouragement from Chris Shukai. And as always, dedicated to Jerry Mathers, the godfather of Nebraska high school sports history and the inspiration for this podcast. Suiting Up Varsity is the anchor show of the Nebraska Varsity Network. Copyright 2020. If you're still listening, I hope everybody's safe out there. Be smart. Hope this podcast gives you something to do when sometimes there's not much to do. Stay safe.